Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hey, Jake. Yes, sir. Did you know it is our anniversary month? How long have we been married? (laughs) No, the show. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I did know The that, show's actually. anniversary. We are turning six years old, and to celebrate that- We're going to first grade. We're <laughs> close. We're giving a discount on our Patreon. If you join the year-long subscription to the Patreon, you can get 15% off during the month of May. You can find out everything about our Patreon at patreon.com slash thecritshow, but all tiers for the month of May are 15% off when you sign up for the annual membership. Is that as exciting as first grade? You know, now that I'm kind of remembering back to first grade, that's far better than first grade. The Crit Show contains elements of horror, fantasy violence, and adult language. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. dog new tricks i do know that yes. they say that have you heard that yeah because we have tried to get tasked to learn obs for weeks <laughs> and look i sometimes i get obs but i have medicine for that <laughs> <laughs> and i keep it under control thank you ordinary bowel syndrome <laughs> i only sometimes have that <laughs> and i take medicine to prevent it <laughs> it's medicine called, called taco bell <laughs> 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 Tell us about old dogs, though. <laughs> well, I've been I've been trying to teach uh, Parker a new trick because he likes to bring the ball to you and he wants you to throw it. You know, it's the it's the no take only throw. Yeah, he won't let it go. And he's oh nine, ten years old. Eleven now, I think. Oh goodness! I so- did the math like yesterday. I'm pretty confident it was eleven. <laughs> so he's he's getting up there. He's he's been around the block a few times. He knows his, he knows what he likes. He knows his tricks. <laughs> <laughs> He knows what he's into. Wait, what kind of dog? What kind of tricks are you trying to teach this dog? He's been around the block. <laughs> he knows his tricks. She, she had him. He, he he comes out with car keys in his mouth, and he's wearing a full gimp suit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you guys later. So he does not like to give the ball. I don't want to have to get my hand bitten because he, when you go to take the ball, he's like ah 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 ah, and he you might might catch a finger in there. So I have started doing a thing where I bring my arms around and my fingertips touch each other and I make a big hoop with my arms. Um, and sometimes I like, I'll sit on the ground or I'll just lean forward and I make a big basket. And then I say, put it in the basket. Come on, AirPod. And he comes over <laughs> and he, he holds the ball and he growls a little bit because he wants you to take the ball. And then he grumbles and he just like flops his head inside the basket and then drops it. <laughs> and then I take it and I throw it. So I'm trying to get him to be AirBud. Yeah. And then I'm going to make so much money. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that after Airbud came out, a bunch of children's basketball teams had to rapidly rewrite the rules <laughs> that, so, that, the rule. so that they made sure they accounted for the Airbud clause? The Monday after the weekend that Airbud came out, everyone like, showed up with their dogs. Every kid brought their yeah. dog and was like, Coach, 
I've got a fucking idea. Coach, <laughs> put him in. Put him in, coach. <laughs> There's, Leave, not, there's take nothing me in out. the rules. <laughs> take me out. <laughs> <laughs> we both know I'm just holding the team down. Put we, my dog we in. Both know my dog will be so much better at basketball than I could ever be. <laughs> put, put me against my dog in any contest of athletics, and I will lose. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, put me and my dog as the only people on the court. <laughs> we me, can take them. Me and my dog, one-on-one, for the last spot on the team. <laughs> Me uh. and my dog, 2v5? I don't know anything about sports. Mm. Five players in basketball. I did learn that from Space Jam. Booyah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Five Monstars. Yep. Oh. Well, speaking of Monstars? <laughs> Tass? Sure. We'd like Hi. to thank Hi. our Patreon <laughs> All-Stars. Okay. I got yeah. nothing. Uh, there we, we go. go. It is time to Mon- thank- Monstars of the Week. Monstars of the Week. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> well, join us next week when we start our new uh, Monster <gasps> of the Week Bugs Bunny <laughs> crossover. Oh, I can't um, wait for this. Our next universe is Toon World. Toon Town. <laughs> I do have a couple of cartoon-themed RPGs. Um, we want to thank our patrons who joined us in the month of February. Uh, Part-Time Paladin, Psychic Buttercup, Devin T, Casey, Lev Lazarus, Andrew Mauskowitz, Megan Swanson, Charzone, Michael Van Vliet, Mike Martins, Brian Sago, Gabriel Robbins, by Ember and Ash, and Amelia McKee. So thank you to everyone who joined us in February. Uh, Next week we will have the new total of our number of patrons to see how close we are uh, getting to roll into 420. Uh, We are super close. If you are interested in joining our Patreon, you can go over to patreon.com slash thecritshow. Tiers start at just $1, and that gets you access to the most aggressively welcoming Discord on the internet. And uh, as of right now, actually, the moment that you're hearing this, uh, we have opened up a new Founders tier. Uh, So there are four spots available. Uh, I'm going to be running those folks through a game of Dungeon World each month. So yeah, you can find all of that over at patreon.com. And then, slash uh, the crit show. There we go. Oh yeah, slash the crit show. Yes. And I think the other thing I want to mention is that some of you, uh, most of you, probably saw uh, that last week we put out a let's play for Codex of Worlds. Uh, it was something that I was on and I produced, and they asked us to release it on our feed, uh, but it did not feature our cast. It was actually a lot of the creators, and it was run by Michael Sands, who obviously is the creator of Monster of the Week. Uh, but they have just added a stretch goal to their backer kit for Codex of Worlds. Uh, once they hit that stretch goal. We are going to do another Let's Play, but it's going to be the five of us. And I'm going to run you all through a game of Monster of the Week set in the most drastically changed setting uh, that comes from Codex of Worlds, Bone Spear. Yeah! Some of the playbooks are missing. All of the playbooks have been revised in some way. Some of them drastically, some of them only minorly. There is a new type of monster and a new type of mystery. There's also a different breakdown to the way that characters get gear and a change to a lot of the basic moves. So it's a whole new way to tell a story. So I'm very excited. Uh, hopefully they will hit that goal. If you are interested in that, you can go to backerkit.com slash evil hat uh, to find out more about the Codex of Worlds. I'm going to play Airbud. <laughs> <laughs> he smiles and you watch his bottom jaw rot to a skeletal jaw and drop away. His body starts to stretch. He gets taller. His skin starts to wrinkle and his long brown hair turns ragged and gray. Besides the missing jaw, 
Esten is unmistakable. I can try and go scout ahead, and if I figure out where he is, I can either come back and report or at least start screaming so you know where in the building he's holed up. You come across this large metal grate, and you're looking down into a watery pit. There's sunlight spilling into this pit from above. There's deep, dark water below in this pit, but the sunlight is highlighting another kraken, one triple the size easily of the thing that was in the bay. There are tentacles reaching up into dozens of other holes in this well that lead through the stonework of this city. And across from you, in another little divot in the stonework of this well, you see Esten sitting with his legs crossed, his eyes closed, his hands on his knees, and with his missing jaw, that same brutal rictus smile. Jake, you are looking through this grate in the aqueducts, in the stonework of Last Bay. You're looking across this giant well where there is another of these translucent krakens below in deep water, and across from you is Esten in a meditative state, and there are tentacles reaching up from this kraken that are, like, guarding him. It seems like they're just taking turns, like, waving in front of his little alcove. Okay, I would like to backtrack to the rest of the group. (laughs) This whole time, Landara, as you're on the roof waiting for action, people are just walking by on the road below, just looking up and giving you small nods and hurrying along. Mind your business. (laughs) (laughs) I want to backtrack and count my steps so I can try and get as precise of a measurement of how far we're going in this direction as possible. Absolutely. I don't think you need to roll anything for that. You you have oh, the time. God. Like, uh, All right. Once I get back to the tavern, um, I will go collect Landar off the roof. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? I com- Come on. Come, come down here. I want to get everybody back together and, and be like, okay, I think I know where we're going, but I think anybody here could feed information. So we need to get somewhere private before we talk about this where's private just like where there's not people i mean at least that does this bar have rooms like for rent no this is just a little pub let's get on the roof (laughs) back to the roof and her's like i know just the spot (laughs) you can perch moodily like batman um are there any like towers are there like bell towers around or anywhere high up that it seems like nobody would be and that maybe nothing could really reach to or be likely to reach to. A few, though, I mean, frankly, you're not, you're, you're still on this lower tier. You're just a, a few crisscross stairs from your ship. Oh, yeah. How about that? Yeah, let's go back to the ship. Okay. Okay. Okay, so that chute went a long way. It was like an aqueduct or something, and it led to like a massive deep well that had another one of these translucent krakens in it, and it was fuck off big. It was like three times the size of the one we saw before, and its tentacles are going everywhere. They were they were climbing up out of the well into all the other shoots that go every other direction. I feel like maybe that's how he's like exerting his influence over such a great radius. Landar, do you remember the thing in the well at Clearwater with like clear yeah, spindly tentacles? Yeah. It's it's like exactly that. And it seems to be protecting him. He's there. He's in one of the alcoves in this well, and he is meditating. Megan, you were right. But 
it's it's guarding him and it's reaching out in every direction so i can get us back there i know how to get there i know how far away it is and like roughly where it is from the surface but i don't know what the fuck we do about it once we get there i mean the thing in the well was what was making the potable water at clear water do you think that's how he's getting his influence over the whole city is this thing making the water that everyone in town is drinking boy maybe the one at clear water it just wanted gifts but who knows, maybe it could have influenced people with the water it was processing through its weird body. Just looking around, has this town seemed like exceptionally well hydrated? Like, do we see a lot of people with water bottles walking around? <laughs> Is everyone just glowing and like dewy skin? A lot of hydro flasks? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, short of taking away everybody's drinking water for a period of days or something, I don't know how to how to overcome that particular element. No, no, I just want to put the idea in the air that maybe... Don't drink the water? That and once we attack, the people here might come to defend it. Uh, I've never had an encounter with any Esten, but he's uh, capable of wrestling control away from things like taming ghouls and stuff like that. Is it possible that this is something that has happened where he has somehow assumed control of the thing in the well and is using that to exert his influence and also to protect him? Oh no, is the one we killed, was it trying to rescue this other one that he has control of? Because oh. the towns it was attacking the townspeople who are under his control, right? But like more of these tentacles just started coming out of the buildings around me when I got close to him. So I think that I'm not even sure the one that we just fought in the bay was technically real. I think he might be like projecting or this thing might be projecting itself other places as a defender. I don't think that one we fought was a real individual separate kraken. Is there still chum yeah. in the water from is, it? Is the water stew still? Yeah, this is a, you know, an active bay off of a river, so like it is very quickly dissipating, but there's still a little I mean it even could be maybe the big one controls the little ones or I don't know. I mean, tentacles that look just like that thing's tentacles came out of a building and then disappeared again around me. So, I guess at the very least, not all of this is as it seems vis-a-vis translucent krakens. If Esten is the one that is exerting control over this kraken, then, you know, all we have to do is just take out Esten. I realize when I say all we have to do, that's a pretty major feat, probably. Um, and then maybe the big kraken will be chill. I mean, I have money. I have stuff. We could give it a present and then hope it goes away. It doesn't kill us. Yeah. You said it's protecting him, right? Yeah. So we've got to separate him. Yeah. I mean, Kim, you're probably right. He probably does have it ensnared to do his bidding. So if we can break that quick enough, then Landara, we might not have to worry about the people coming to protect it. But if we're slow and we can't break whatever control he has over it fast, then yes, it might be a situation of all these mindless folks are going to come tearing at us. Yeah, because at Clearwater, they built that little oasis around the creature. I mean, maybe they did the same thing here in this town. Maybe he didn't bring it. Maybe it's part of the city. Maybe it predates him here, and, and he's that's just, why he's here. Yeah. How do we, like, I don't know, do places like this keep any kind of... I mean, no one seems to be able to talk to us about what actually is going on. Is there, like, a library where they're like, oh, yeah, we got this thing that makes water for us, or... I mean, this is this is one of the circles, right? This is, This is a place where... Nash is drawing power from. So it may be that that creature being here is what made it kind of a structural point that Esten was put here to to guard it and keep it as a, a source of power. 
Or it could be that this Estin is also mad at Nash, and this was the creature Nash was trying to use to draw power from, and Estin decided to take it for his own. Boy, if we could figure out if this thing was here before or not, I know this is thinking a little far ahead, but I would hate to kill this thing if all these people, once they snap back, rely on it to survive. Yeah. I mean, let's go look for a library or something. I don't know how well maintained those are in a pirate town. Yeah. But, but I mean, if they've got like aqueducts, surely there must be yeah, weirdly record of construction or something like, oh, yeah, we had to build it around this giant ass water monster. I wonder how aware the townspeople are of the influence they're under. Do you think if we talk to them and ask them questions, some part of them would be able to think of the answers? I might be able to sense that. Obviously, the things they say to us directly will be influenced by whatever control they're under. But if I can push past that psychically, we might be able to learn some things. Maybe. I mean, I was trying to talk to a lot of the folks on the docks and they absolutely could not give a straight answer, but I, I couldn't discern like to what extent that was taking over their brains. So I can't hurt. Well, unless they then narc on us. Maybe it's buried somewhere and that they're still there. I mean, God, part of me hopes not that they're not aware of everything that's happening and the control that they've lost, but it might be worth a shot. Otherwise, I seem to be getting a good sense of what's happening in this land or what has happened just by experiencing it for the first time. So maybe if we can get eyes on this thing, I could get some sort of idea. That much we can definitely do. I can get us to a spot where we can look down in and you can see what I'm talking about. Great. Let's start there. If I'm not able to get something, maybe we can risk talking to people. Okay. Follow me. All right. So trying to retrace your steps on the surface and make your way up to the third tier. Yep. No problem. So as you make your way, of course, there are still a few people down here on the first tier by the docks. It seems like there's a few people out like cleaning up the mess from the attack. A few people give you little waves and smiles that um, recognize that you had helped them. Uh, you're able to make your way up to a large entryway, a gate that leads to the second tier, and it is fully open. Um, there aren't exactly guards there, but some People like posted there that just are sitting around talking, drinking, and give you smiles and friendly waves as you go. The second tier seems to be more of a market type area, but it is almost deserted. You know, you know that the scope of this city is for many, many, many thousands of people, and it seems like there are maybe a couple thousand total left in this whole city. So this whole tier is like almost a ghost town, with the exception of a couple of people kind of walking here and there. Um, but when you make it to the gate leading to the third tier, you hear a lot more people. Up here, it seems to be a lot more housing. And as Jake is leading you kind of in the general direction of where he thinks this well could possibly be, you make it to a large crossroads and you can definitely see a ton of people making their way up and down this strip that it is full of like food carts and little businesses, people selling fun trinkets and toys and things. It's much, much busier. You have come up what is just called Main Street that leads all the way down through the tiers of the city. You are at the crossroad to Copeland Road. Oh. He said don't go down. Can we cross it? I, I have no idea. Which way do I think we need to go to get where we need to be? Is it down Copeland Road? Absolutely. You would think a left turn here would lead you maybe two or three total blocks 
to where you're pretty sure that well is. Um, and then you notice a distinct lack of people if you were to turn right, like it just turns into a ghost town down that stretch of road. Unfortunately, where we need to be is right down there where all of the people are and where we're not supposed to go. I mean, maybe the don't turn down Copeland Road was more of just a like, that would be smart because there's a scary thing down Copeland Road, not like, you know, turning down Copeland Road is fatal or cursed in some aspect. Like, we we have to do this, right? If we want to get eyes on the thing, we do. I mean, you were able to get eyes on it from a different, like, vantage point. Maybe, like, we talked about, oh, are the people possessed by the water? Like, maybe Copeland Road is, he knows he's open to the sky there. So he's just got throngs of people here to protect. Yeah. How inconspicuous do we think we can be? Negative one. <laughs> <laughs> I can blend in anywhere I go. I, I put on my mask. I'm just a little boy. I can go anywhere. How many people here have blue hair? <laughs> it's about every third person. It's really oh, popular, oh, Cohen. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fine then. Looking down at the people milling around, does anything seem un like unusual about their patterns? Are they actually accomplishing things or are they just moving around and then moving back and then doing the same thing over and over again? Are they just doing NPC idle animations? One person keeps walking by us and going, well met, well met. Let me guess. Somebody stole your sweet roll? <laughs> Do you get to the cloud district often? <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm going to fucking kill that one. Uh, I think if you just kind of chill and watch for a few minutes, it seems like people are really going about their business, but this is the party stretch. Like there are some much nicer, you know, you'd call it a tavern instead of a pub and little restaurants and stuff, as well as all the food carts and, and small businesses. So people are coming and going, laughing, talking. Um, some people are leaving the road, like they're they're heading off into uh, the higher or lower tiers, and then others are filtering up. Um, it just certainly seems like the place to be. And as all these people come and go, does the number of people seem to stay about the same that are present? It does seem about like that. Absolutely. Yeah, so I think that after we've watched this a while, everybody's moving around. There are people coming and going, but the number of people in that area is staying consistent as a group of seven go, a group of three, and a group of four show up. What does that mean? I don't know. Maybe that there's just that many. Like, I can really manipulate 40 people at a time or something, so I've always got 40 people directly above where I know there's an opening to me. I think we can make our way over there. And as long as all we're trying to do is lay eyes on the thing, we might not draw any fire. Like maybe they won't be triggered unless we tried to get in there or do harm. But if all we do is walk up and look like it seems anybody can theoretically do, maybe it's okay. But like the guy who gets vision said, don't turn down Copeland Road, right? Yes. Like you've never had to do something you weren't supposed to do. No, I know. But someone like I had a vision. But visions aren't... Certain. Visions aren't guaranteed. It's kind of like, this thing will happen if all of these things line up. We can change the future. Nothing is set in stone. So That's true. As long as we are careful, yes, it seems like, based on that vision, it's a very dangerous situation. But that's kind of how we live. So we just kind of have to be careful and... Be ready to run at a moment's notice. Really, I think that's it. If this is what you guys want to do, that's I will totally go along. But like, there wasn't a, a vision of like, if you turn down, this thing will happen. It was just, don't do this. If there was a distinct reason for us to not go down this road under no circumstances, maybe he would have told us that, right? Wait, didn't he? He just said, don't turn down Copeland Road. But he didn't say, if you do, you're going to 
spontaneously combust. I'm I listen. <laughs> I got nothing except what I came into this world with and visions from a stranger. Listen, I've had a lot of visions of bad things that didn't end up happening and we usually had to at least go a little bit down the route of the bad thing happening in order to prevent the ultimate thing from occurring. So I I understand your caution. It's very wise, but I do think we need to walk down this road. And I would feel a lot better if there was a complete vision. If he was like, if you went down a couple in the road, then you're going to explode. But there wasn't a vision. It was just, hey, don't do this thing. Clearly, he's not as experienced of a seer as I normally am. You are not wrong. And this is not a good idea. And there have been times that we have tried to only make good decisions. And you know what we got done? Fucking nothing. So sometimes we got to make bad decisions so that we can make progress so that we can get to the good decision. Uh, can I spend another bond with Landara to... <laughs> this is incredible. <laughs> I spent my last bond with Landara already. Please do. I think that explanation, because I remember how we got Grandpa Tincture out of isolation. That it was not the plan that we came up with. It was Jake falling from the sky and teleporting <laughs> away at the last second and then using that as a recall point later. So, yeah, all right. Also, I'm really curious about what's going on down there. I have a thought that I want to run by you on. I don't know if it's a better idea or a worse idea. You said, Landara, that there's just there's the same number of people here constantly, right? Yeah. So what if the alarm trips when there's not the same number of people? What if we need to basically snag someone and tag somebody in at the same time? Oh, like snatch four people as they're getting ready to go in. Yes, remove them as we put ourselves in, thus not triggering. Or it could trigger when the specific people are not there anymore, and that also could worry me. But you said that they're rotating out. It's not the same people all the time. I will give you this. That makes me feel a little better because at least it was like, well, we had this wild theory of a number. It didn't pan out, but at least we tried something other than just turning down Copeland Road. Okay. Well, let's see if we can't watch for like four people that get too close to the edges and just one of us yoink one of them and another person step in and then we we stay balanced. Then maybe we can sneak in here. All right. I am not going to be ideal for the yoinking. Small hands. Yeah, but you're grabby. I I I can get a tail around a neck. Like, is there, is, there ch- is there a child here? <laughs> I, hopefully this isn't by, like, gross weight. Yeah, do we have to find, like, our approximate doppelganger? Yeah. It's like the sandbag in the idol. <laughs> uh, all right, so posting up and trying to wait for this opportunity? Yeah, four opportunities, I suppose. And you want to do this all at once, like a group of four, so that you can try to s- scoop out and then go in, right? Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think necessarily we got to get all four at once as long as we are pulling one and subbing in a different person simultaneously each time. Yeah, I'll go first in case something goes on. Unless something happens, then maybe I can make it to the well quickly. What about like two and two? That way you just vanish. You aren't alone. That's a good idea. Smart. I'll go with Megan. All right. So then we'll start with Kim and Megan looking for a pair to come in. Uh, One of you... Roll me just one D6. One. Fantastic. It only takes about an hour. Oh my gosh. To find a good opportunity. And you being who you are, you are able to snatch these people easily without a fight. Describe what you do. Tell me what we see. You you being who you are. You being who you are. Kidnapper. Famous abductor. <laughs> it's abductress, actually. Yeah. Okay. People don't even have stat blocks. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, well, it's kind of like a party, right? You said everyone's kind of like excited. Yeah. I think it's just kind of like as they move towards the barrier, I just kind of like slip an arm in their arm and kind of do a little like dance twirl and <laughs> spin them out as I spin in with Kim. Yeah, I think just like utilizing the stun aspect of my rapier just when uh, I'm just going to give them just like when they're spun my direction, I'm, I just pull out my rapier and just give them like a quick little tap on their forehead and... uh Take their spot. So you get this little double tap situation going and these people are out cold and you're able to uh, just walk onto the main strip here of Copeland Road. Um, As you step on, the full force of the music hits and you are able to see down the way that there's a few minstrels playing and um, there's music coming from all the different little taverns and things along the stretch. But getting out to the center of the road About three blocks down, you can easily see this large stone structure that is this very artistic well that takes up most of the center of a street. It's actually at a crossroads itself. Is there anyone around it? Um, You can actually see that there are several like pulley systems set up along the sides and these really cool little alcoves that are built into the side. And people are just walking up casually and bringing up water and they have these cool mugs that they scoop out some water and walk off and just are talking and sipping and um, some people are just leaning against it and smoking and chatting away and nobody's really like posted up per se but people are just hanging out around it around the strip around the little areas where buskers are doing their thing and so on yeah uh i slipped my arm around kim's waist and i whispered her laugh like i'm saying something really funny (laughs) (laughs) and then just kind of like walk with her and lead her up to the well Okay, you make your way along this strip and certainly a lot of people notice you because it seems like everyone's having a great time. They're waving at you. There are people trying to sell things to you. And as you approach like the wells, maybe four feet and big wide stone lip with these little alcoves built in so that you don't have to, you know, even like little kids could come over to the little alcoves built along the sides to use the pulleys. But you you get up to it. No problem. I was going to say we take a selfie here. What did our phones turn into in this world? Because they were like flashlights last time. <laughs> we we kind of had like access to them as phones, but they, they didn't work the same way. Just turned into rectangular rocks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what all does a cell phone do? It's a map with a torch on it. So the with map a- is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a lantern that's also attached to one of those old timey cameras. <laughs> There's a weird little symbol on it you can touch and it'll tell you what song it is playing in the background. It's, it's really great. Uh, yeah, I'm just talking to Kim and just really nonchalant what we're having for dinner as I like lean over the edge to try and get a look inside this well. I am just still right next to Megan, my arm around her, laughing, smiling, trying to appear not at all anxious about what might happen next. I think, Megan, give me a size up. Kim, I'll get to you in a moment. Sure. <laughs> Nine. All right, you get a hold one, or you can stick your nose somewhere you shouldn't to get an extra. Don't do that! Hard to argue that you're not (laughs) already doing that. (laughs) I guess what strange secrets lie just beneath the surface? I think you are able to look over the edge here and instantly get an idea of what's going on as someone that uses mental effects yourself. You look down and you see this deep well of beautiful crystal clear water And none of the things that Jake had described. And you realize, oh yeah, there's illusion shit. You you know what a mentalist can do. That there is some effect going on to 
not let people see what's actually down here. But you know what to look for. You understand how this stuff works. So I think you're able to kind of like tug Kim along and like get different angles and focus to kind of break through, like almost use your willpower to look through this illusion. And so after a minute or two, you're able to pierce it and see this thing far below. It's much darker. The water is much, much further away than what it seemed in the illusion. But you see the bulbous body of this thing floating with the dozens and dozens of spindly tentacles reaching into all of the ducts. While Megan is looking at this, Kim, will you uh, go ahead and give me a hoodwink to play this casual for the both of you? And uh, hoodwink, I don't believe we've talked about. So when you hoodwink someone with a clever liar disguise, roll plus polish on a hit. They've bought your story for now. On a seven to nine, the deception is more fleeting than you'd like, or it works far too well. And that's my choice. I'm just throwing it out there that being best friends with Megan is neither a lie nor a disguise. <laughs> I was going to say that. I was like, this is the only lie here is that we're not worried. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're legitimately talking about what we're going to do later and what we're going to have for dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with my plus one polish, that's a six. Oh, can I spend my last bond with Kim to give her a plus one here? Absolutely. You're, you know, you're in on it. You're dragging her around as you're getting your visual angles. So that pops you up to a seven. And, um, you know, nobody's accosting you. Nobody's really giving you any more than just the general friendly waves or acknowledgements as you all uh, kind of scoot around and get comfy over here. So, Megan, you have a clear view of this. And again, like now, a, just a, a very distinct idea of how powerful either its or Esten's magic is to cover this entire well with this illusion to keep people from seeing what's here. Great. I'd love to use a lore keeper to see if I can figure out anything about this creature. All righty. Boxcars. So that's uh, 13. So uh, you tell me a story about it and I will choose something you can spin to your advantage. So yeah, looking looking at the history of this thing, trying to figure out is is this being just a part of this town, this community? Is it an existing fixture in this community that's being manipulated or or what's going on here? Okay, so I should have asked the first time and I sure didn't, but I think I think we need to see it. Like how how does this manifest as these stories come to you? Is it just in the form of knowledge? Is it like some sort of set of images, like a movie playing in your head? Like what 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 does it look like? I think I have blank pieces of like parchment in my like messenger bag that has all the like inks and stuff in there, and I think I just kind of shuffle through them and the story just kind of plays out in ink on the page as I learn this information and then fades away. So the story that you get from these sort of pages that appear to you is that this was a creature that someone found and put here ages ago. That it is, to that person at least, was a known magical entity that empowers people. And all it asks in return is to be able to live in clean, warm water, to be somewhere where it is in a pure place that it can be comfortable and be allowed to grow. And when it filters that water and people drink it, it's extra rejuvenating. Like a glass of this water would keep people from being thirsty for several days. It strengthens people a little and so on. So yes, this place was built for it ages ago. 
with the idea of it being a staple of this community and, and something for them to be known for. They built the aqueducts around it and so on so that they could filter this pure water throughout the city. But then the pages shift a bit and you see this map of this continent and each page that you see, this information shows the map going from west to east, like pieces of the map darkening, being blotted out, names being crossed off. And then finally, that dark aura settles over the map over Last Bay. And the next page shows this being at the bottom of the well darkening as well, having this like ink run through its body. And the pages show people seeming confused as they drink, people hallucinating, people literally throwing themselves off of mountains because they think they're walking along a path, people slaughtering each other because they think they're seeing enemies instead of friends, just this absolute madness setting in. And one of the last pages is this grinning face without a bottom jaw looking down into this massive well and I think this is more of a, a, a flurry of images, the thought that, again, this thing can do what it can do because the water is kept pure. It's kept to its liking. And because it gets to filter its power through that, it becomes stronger. So if the water was not like that, it would not be as strong. Kim, as you see me going through these pages, I think I'm just staring more and more intently, trying to follow the story as these ink blots kind of materialize on the page and then fade away and I flip to the next one and I think I'm just getting closer and closer to them and when Esten's face pops up over the top of the well like you just see me drop the pages and uh, curse under my breath and I dip down to, to scramble them back up uh, and see the last couple of pages um, and put them back in my bag. Uh, Landara was right. Uh, this is a being that has been here for a long time and is being used and corrupted. I think still trying to maintain our ruse. I just sort of laugh and go, <laughs> great. Do you see everything you need to, babe? I, I see some jewelry over there that looks really cute. I'd like to take a look at. I just uh, nod my head a bunch and follow you. All right. Are you just moving away from the well or are you getting off of the road? Yeah. I mean, I, I think we've seen everything that we need to. So I'm going to try to lead Megan off of this road preferably back towards our friends. Except, you know, like try, trying not to make it seem like we're just immediately bolting and running away off of this road. Like, keep our carousing. Yeah, no problem. You uh, get around the corner and reunite. Yeah, I think like as they come around the corner, Jake and Landara let go of the other two people that we were like keeping in a conversation. Just shove them back in. Yeah. Go, get in there. <laughs> I love it. Okay. I mean, go have fun, you crazy kids. <laughs> Yeah, when we're all together, Landara, yeah, it's exactly like you said. It was it was something that was here that was helping people. It uses the water that it's in. It likes it to be like warm and clean and it's able to make the water like extra good and rejuvenating and really beneficial for the people that drink it. But this whole continent, everything has been corrupted and now this thing is too. So yeah, you're right. It's 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 the people drinking the water and it can only do this if the water is clean and pure. So maybe if we contaminate the water, uh, mess up the, the source somehow, then it won't be able to affect other people. So like if we make the water that it's in dirty, it gets weaker? 
I don't know if it physically gets weaker, but it won't have the ability to affect the people that are drinking it. Its abilities, its power is drawn from the purity of the water. So, you know, while Megan and Kim were in there and now that they're out, did we see any change in the environment, the people? Like, is everything still cool on Copeland Road? I love the question. Let's see a size up. Nine. All right, you get one hold. I'd love to help, but unfortunately, I've spent all of our bond manipulating you into making that <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just what here is useful to me or my crew. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm scared of Copeland Road. Is there a reason to be? So I think maybe this is something that you noticed while they were on the street and just didn't change since they've come back. Initially, you were like tracking these normal people and like their comings and goings and the numbers and that kind of thing. And you got a good idea there. But now with this idea of like the danger that could be outside of that and like what could have tracked them and so on, what's very difficult to notice the first time around were the intense amount of kids that are hidden. Like a, like just dead ass, like a Where's Waldo spread of like, just a tiny little head with the eyes kind of looking out from a window, like behind some shades or a very dark shadow that just looks like a bunch of burlap sacks, but you see an eye poking out of one and so on. And what you are tracking is that they're just sort of keeping tabs. I think that the gist that you're getting is they're looking for something that seems out of place, but maybe don't know specifics of who or what to look for. And that hasn't changed since. The girls got back. There are kids here. You said Eston was a bunch of kids, but I haven't seen any other kids. There's a bunch of kids here, like hiding in windows and in potato sacks and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Doing what? Like It seems like they're just watching to see like if anything seems suspicious, but it's like they don't exactly know what, just anything. All right, well, let's get out of here real cool and cash then. Oh, right, because like we know what Eston looks like, but he doesn't know because it's not the same. Oh, fuck, this is weird. I was thinking like, oh, he's going to recognize us, but he's not because this Eston doesn't know us. While Landara's like visibly Charlie boarding, I'm like putting an arm around her or oh, I'm grabbing her hand because I forgot I'm a child <laughs> and just walking. Huh? Yeah, good one. We're trying to walk away from Copeland Road. As Jake starts to do that, I go walk over in front of him. Uh, if there are no children around, maybe you're standing out a little more than you were hoping you would blending in. As a child. Oh, right. And you're the only person that's actually interacted with this world's Eston, or at least a child version. You might be better off as a monkey. Oh, God, yeah. Unless you got another mask in there that looks like those children. I Who's wearing a big coat? Are any of you wearing a big coat? I've got a capelet that would be like a long cloak on you. Yeah, I also have a little cape. I just scramble up onto Megan's back under the capelet and hold on very tight and just hide. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like a backpack. All right. So where are you going? I mean, one level down is basically a ghost town, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we could just backtrack a little bit here and probably find a place to lay low for a moment and convene. Yeah, I don't think you have any problem finding some very obviously deserted um, alleyways and things like that. So on top of using the water to mind control everyone, he's also put up an illusion over the top of the well. Kim, I don't know if you got a glance in there. Uh, Yeah, I peeked it a little bit. What did you see? Yeah, just like clear water. Looked delicious, actually. Yeah, that's what everyone's seeing. 
I had to like mentally push past the illusion. And it was, it's kind of like one of those like puzzles where you unfocus your eyes and you see the picture behind it. I had to get it like just the right angle. And then I could actually see that it was much deeper and darker and see the creature that was down there. So he's also got this illusion up to deter people from seeing what's really going on. So we still think that Esten is controlling this thing. Like it was corrupted anyway. And then he just kind of jumped on that. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. This kind of shadow came over everything first and then he showed up. Okay, so we can dirty up its water and lessen its influence on the town or at least hopefully lessen its ability to protect him and then get in there and take him out. What can we do to make water dirty and cold? Didn't you say like it wants clear, warm water? Yeah. I don't know how much there is we can do about the temperature, but I think, you know, there's got to be stuff that we can pollute it with. What's something that we can use to make the water not be clear, but also isn't going to kill this thing? We don't want to kill it. Alcohol. Get drunk. Oh, that's good. I mean, I'm sure there's no shortage of alcohol. There's also no shortage of seawater, which I assume this thing doesn't like. If it wants crystal clear, fresh well water, then maybe we could dig in from underground and just flood this thing from the ocean. I don't have the equipment to do that. I'm not sure how we would go about it. Yeah, getting it drunk probably won't kill it. Also disorient it. Because you've got like ink and stuff, but then we're also possibly getting the townspeople to drink that same stuff. So we want to make sure it's something that's not toxic to the people. Open a distillery. (laughs) I I was going to say, is there, like, where does alcohol come from? Is there alcohol produced in this town? Is there a way to determine that? Is there a distillery of some kind or what? I don't know how you made fucking rum. You can look around, ask around. It is a huge city with very few people relative to the size of the city. But absolutely, you want to just kind of look around for the the best way to get a lot of alcohol, I guess, is the overall search here. Yes. Okay, so I'll I'll jump ahead then and say finding alcohol is not going to be that big of a problem. Like, as you look around, no, I, I, I think like making your way up through the different tiers of the city. Like, there's not really some active brewery going on. There's just not nearly enough people for something like that to still exist. But there are plenty of taverns open. There are, you know, plenty of little warehouses that... Uh, there are plenty of little warehouses along the docks that seem to still have people coming and going and dropping things off, maybe on occasion. Or they, they could have been there for a long time. You don't know, but... Certainly there are barrels full of various kinds of alcohol that you could get a hold of. Just depends on which kind of thing you want to pick and try if you want to utilize that. Like, how do you want to get what from where? Were there aqueducts that ran further up from the well? Yes, absolutely. We could just plant a bunch of like barrels of alcohol at openings to aqueducts and just knock them all at once and let gravity do the work for us. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I can't believe you've done this. I love this. I I think the next thing that I would want to like scope out is this might be a little later, but when the nighttime comes and things are supposed to close, like do they or do they stay open? What do the people do? Yeah. Yeah, Like does the bar just stay open 24 hours or is there a time where it closes and then we could heist the bars did these people alcohol. get to sleep? Yeah. Are they just on watch all the time? Yeah. Okay, so is that kind of the next step then, is just taking a little time and scoping out the nightlife? Yeah, do some reconnaissance through the night, figure out what people are up to, what places at a higher elevation have alcohol, and then maybe we can formulate the plan the next day for how to deliver it. Are we specifically looking for a, like one 
certain type of alcohol or are we just getting a mess of stuff because like mixing our liquors like that is really gonna fuck <laughs> some people up i think we're gonna have to take what we can get oh god i don't know that we can just i don't know that we can be all like but i only want clear grain alcohol this is a real jungle <laughs> juice situation yeah, yeah. Hell we, can't, yeah. We, can't, we can't just be like okay Let's go up to every single person and be like, what's your drink of choice? What's so that we, <laughs> I think we just have to like mix this all together. It will absolutely be a jungle juice situation. But also that's probably good because if these people are being mind controlled and could be turned against us, we want them as fucked yeah. up as possible. Where's, where's the Hawaiian punch distributor? Yeah, I was going to say, I need to find a bunch of big pieces of fruit too. Let's get a bunch of pineapple slices in there. Ugh. Okay. So we want to keep an eye on the businesses, especially around Copeland Road. You want to find alcohol, preferably on the higher tiers, and just kind of keep an eye out here. So, are you all doing this all together? Like, are you sticking together and checking things off, or are you splitting up to divvy up the tasks? Feel like we should stick together. Yeah, we don't know this place well enough, I think, to split up yet. Yeah, especially knowing that, like, some aspect of Eston has seen Jake. I especially don't want him splitting off somewhere. Yeah, and, like, not knowing... What happens when the sun sets and rises? Okay. So then, which of these errands is step one? Uh, I suppose as long as we have daylight, it's just scoping out places on the upper tiers that have alcohol. Okay. I think I think this is still going to be a roll, but a fairly low stakes one, because as you get up to the fourth and the fifth tiers, they are even more ghost towns than the second tier had been. It really seems like the most of these very few thousand people are third tier and mainly down at the at the bottom at the docks so somebody just give me a straight vinegar roll uh for just looking around on these top tiers that you know are a little more run down condemned and see if we can find anything i can do it 11 you find an old tavern that is broken down boarded up um but as you bust in and look around at the back it's full of kegs of various things it's probably old but that's only going to make it a little stronger, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Aged. Next on the list, I suppose, as you're gauging this town as it starts to get dark, are you gauging the whole town as far as what closes? Are you just heading down to that main strip? If we know that there's mostly only people on two of these tiers, then, I mean, I, it seems like we'd want to put an even effort between them, right? Yeah. But we don't need to worry about three-fifths of this place. Maybe yeah. just bouncing between, like, hanging out in tier two and kind of looking at three and one. As it gets later. So those of you keeping a closer eye on the dock tier notice that, yeah, as it's starting to get darker, people are, you know, filtering into the taverns in a little more force, but most of the rest of the businesses are actually closing. People are making their way to homes or taverns, essentially. Who is keeping a real close eye on Copeland Road? I will. All right. As the nightlife starts to pick up, you do immediately notice that a lot more people are actually filtering up here, like in greater numbers than what you had seen during the day. But go ahead and uh, give me a size up. Seven. You get hold one. Uh, what strange secrets lie just beneath the surface? What's going on on Copeland Road? I think you're just getting really good at seeing through this illusion bullshit. Because as more people filter up, you notice... The kids moving around, actually, like they're coming out of hiding. Like the first vibe you get is that since there are more people here, it seems like a steadier eye needs to be on things. They're just filtering through these crowds in a little more detail 
to keep an eye on everything, but what really sticks out to you, because you're able to sort of do that thing like you're, you know, looking through one of those magic eye pictures and and see through this illusion, that while absolutely, yes, you've seen a form of Esten using his illusions, what's actually happening here is when you can really focus, you realize that they aren't kids and they aren't Esten's illusions at all. They are the tentacles. The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Hello, and thanks for calling the arena. If you know your party's extension, you can dial it at any time. If your psychiatrist has gone missing, press 3. Press 3. That sounds ill-advised. Life is about choices, man. You and I both suffer from a very rare form of mental illness, right? Yep. Yep, that's us. I'm just saying, we're probably not the best private investigators, since we don't know what's real. The waitress at the Chinese restaurant, she told me that I needed to complete three trials to find Sadler. Okay, but how long have you been out of your meds? Three trials. The arena, the old factory, the inventor's basement. The inventor's basement. Exactly. Mama, I met someone today. You're not going to believe this. Half spider, half human. You all have this disorder. We call it the imperfection. Okay, so we just got off the train at a stop called East River between East Broadway and York Street, which I'm pretty sure doesn't exist. We are not a cop show, Charlie. Uh, I know that, but we're friends, and I need my friends. How sure are you that these things are actually happening in real life? It seems like reality can be a little slippery. Charlie! Charlie! They're on my face! Amber, Amber, stop, stop, stop it, stop these it. These fucking spiders, they are everywhere. Ah! The Imperfection, an audio drama in nine parts, produced by Wolf of the Door Studios. Out now. For more information, please visit WLFDR.com.